You're listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast, a show where introverts share their success and failure stories and discuss how they thrive in the digital age. I'm your host, Godwin Chan. Let's begin. Episode 9 of the Digital Introverts Podcast features Deborah Levine. She is an award-winning author of 14 books and has been featured in Forbes magazine as a diversity and inclusion trailblazer. She founded AmericanDiversityReport.com 15 years ago and remains its editor-in-chief. Also, Deborah is a newspaper opinion columnist as well as a speaker, trainer, and coach. A community activist, she founded the DuPage Chicago Interfaith Resource Network, the Women's Council on Diversity, and ADR New Beginnings, an anti-hate movement in the U.S. and Africa. She has been described by loved ones as the most introverted person on the planet, or alternatively, the most oblivious one. Let's take a listen. Hello and welcome to the Digital Introverts Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Deborah Levine from the U.S., so uh, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. No worries. And for every guest, you know, I ask the same question uh, just to begin with. So we talk, you know, obviously from our previous conversation, uh, we've talked about the notion of, of introversion and then on digital introversion on top of that. You know, in, in your opinion, what do you think is, you know, what do you think is the role of an introvert really in the digital age? You know, in other words, you know, what does a digital introvert do or what does that mean? A digital introvert. I love the uh, the name. Uh, as you know, I started uh, online about 15 years ago with the American Diversity Report, and I did so because I had been quite ill. I had to quit my job uh, as an executive director of a nonprofit where I dealt with people all the time. That may have contributed in part to my uh, my frailty. And when I started to be a digital person, it was a, a relief that I could control the amount of time I spent online with people. I could create. And in the process, I have published 14 books. I have this American Diversity Report where I give other people a voice as well as my own articles, like 800 of them. And I'm a newspaper opinion columnist and writing has been a key part of being a digital introvert since you're online and and it's probably my preference to making videos which i've done being pushed by a variety of extroverts to do that's what people look at and say, okay <laughs> i'll give this a try fine <laughs> all right i'll keep it short <laughs> and I'd have, and they've taught me, and introverts learn to be extroverted in their skills, and I've come to enjoy some of it very much. But it's much more my basic personality uh, to be a writer. And I was reading about that at one point that introverts enjoy writing, and many of them are, because it gives them a chance to, to shape their, their, their thoughts, to, to ruminate over them, edit endlessly. People call it perfectionist. I call it being normal. And then uh, <laughs> <it> can, <laughs> 
then they can express themselves in a way that they feel adequately represents their thought processes. Extroverts, on the other hand, are boom, boom, boom. Here's what I think. Now, I've learned some of those skills. And when I actually say what I think, it's, it's become a little bit goofy and I don't mind that anymore. I've decided, and this helps, I'm at an age where, especially here in the South, uh, east of the United States and older ladies get to say whatever they want, that I'm going to be one of them. And I get to say all kinds of things that introverts would be thinking, but wouldn't ever say. Uh, so there's a cultural aspect to introversion. That we are not all alike. We don't have the exact same personalities. And they can be influenced by our surroundings. And certainly the surroundings today of pandemic is also a major influence. Because as, I, uh, as you know, introverts uh, are already isolated, uh, if they can manage by it. Point. By point. yes. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I remember saying to somebody on Facebook, and she said, you know, what are you doing differently? And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. Is something going on out there? And so, <laughs> but the reality is uh, twofold. One is we are definitely drawing on our expertise to go through this pandemic time, but so are others. Their extroverts are coming to us wondering, how do you do this? This is horrible. And, and, and I appreciate the pain that they're in because if I were having to be an extrovert 24-7, I'd go crazy, right? So it's, it's a hard thing for them, and they want to know how do you do it, and I'm happy to share. Although it, it does require a certain amount of cogitation over how I do it, since it's just being me, basically. So now you have to articulate what is it, what skills does that uh, include that I can share with other people, and, and I have been. It, it's great. Now, I will say that it's not exactly the same as usual because everyone is now online. And the, and the number of webinars and emails and phone calls, are you okay? Are you okay? And it's, it's, it's like an inundation of requests to communicate uh, in some way and uh, to have like a free, your free conference call. And you know they're selling you stuff, but the free is now the mode of operation, the offer, uh, and it's all over the place. So is research. I just got a call from, from England asking me if I would do an interview for uh, research. I'm probably communicating more in this period than I have in years. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know that I do public speaking. I have learned a lot of extrovert skills, but this is a daily thing. It's a fascinating thing for introverts to deal with, and I'm doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> but you do have to hide at some point. Turn off the computer. Right, definitely. Yeah, yeah, just to survive as an introvert. And that's my story. Wow, you know, thank you for, for sharing all that. And, uh, you know, very kind of honest reflections on the times that we live in. It's, uh, you know, like I said before, it's uh, for this call, it's certainly interesting. And, you know, like you said also, it's not the same as normal, I guess, operations, right? Normal would mean that, you know, we can actually go outside and, and 
you know, and, and, and meet up with, uh, with other people in person at a different location. Um, and so, you know, definitely with the inundation, right, of communication nowadays also, right, is it's actually kind of getting tiring, actually. If I'm very, being very honest, it's, you know, I appreciate all the messages and, and you know, all the uh, you know, lines of support and asking me if I'm okay or, yeah. um, or things like that. But, you know, in general, like normally, a lot of those conversations would just happen in person, right? Now they're just being pushed onto, uh, into the virtual space. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, so, you know, sometimes I, I'm finding myself spending a lot more time on social media or in my email, for example, just responding to messages. Yes, right, so. yes, <laughs> it's it's a uh, and one of the things that that I think is is a, a truism is that this trend will not end when the virus is over. This is, I think, the, a a hint of the new normal because people will have been used to communicating online and the the tips that people send out about how to survive this that's for an extrovert fascinate me you know they say connect with people you've not talked to in years how about an old high school buddy you know talk to them this is the time and And so (laughs) so i think that this is something that we will be we'll be needing to to deal with for some time to come that uh, that uh, there's going to be more connectivity than we ever thought of that's that's fair uh just because since we're, we're essentially forced into this new normal you know when you know i guess when the you know when the whole situation goes away then inevitably obviously there'll be some you know a lot of individuals who will go back to what they used to do but then a lot you know, same for the reverse, you know, a lot of uh, people will, you know, shift towards kind of more connectivity online and yeah. uh, more working from home or more online classes, yeah. things like that. That's correct. I think that that's true. And so you'll see more team meetings happening online uh, and you'll see a lot of, of uh, long distance learning uh, in terms of education. Uh, there's going to be a shift that uh, will be, at least in part, I think, long-term. You're right, they will go back to school, back to the university, back to the workplace, but I think that there will still be quite a bit of this process setting up now uh, in people's minds, in in part because a lot of of people will have learned how to use the technology that they didn't know before. (laughs) Oh, this is cool. I mean, you know, and, and, you know, no kind of no other example illustrates this greater than, you know, the huge influx of people who are using Zoom for the first time, you know, our, our video conferencing technology that we're using yes. right now, you know, a lot of people, you know, just a few weeks ago were like, what is Zoom? And now <laughs> they're like, oh, you know, I can catch it with my friend. Well, it's like, you know, Skype, Skype but better. <laughs> it's true. It's, it is. It's a, it's a, a Zoom explosion. Google Docs uh, is something that um, a lot of folks never heard of that I think is going to be used more and more. And, and it, in Skype, it, there's, there's a lot of things out there that people have been using for a long time, but many have not really thought of it in terms of uh, the workplace 
And that uh, is going to be an interesting change. Think of what that will do in terms of transportation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and pollution. Oh, yes. We, we've, seen, we've seen great effects on reducing climate change, actually. Yes. <laughs> uh, based, on, yeah, based on just reduction of human activity, right? So. Yeah. And when it starts up again, it'll be very noticeable. And the environmentalists are going to go bananas because it's going to, you'll, you'll see the, the before and after, you know, pictures from satellites, you know, and it'll be disgusting. And we won't have been as used to it as, as we have been. And, and I think that many introverts are socially minded, that, that, that while they may not have the passion for the, the partying, they have the passion for humanity. And we will see a lot of social action, social justice, community organizations being ramped up in the future. You're already seeing a lot of things online. Now to help people in the immediate moment. Yes, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's just the beginning. Uh, one of the the, the the difficulties of this is during this period there there's limited funds for anything that doesn't pertain to coronavirus uh, so i was in the middle of doing a, a, an interesting project uh, with some people in in africa and in america uh, around something that we invented here in chattanooga called a council against hate And we were looking at the issue of hate and how to pull together coalitions to address this issue. We've had to put it on hold a bit because funding is going very specifically to the coronavirus. But there will be a point, I believe, where we are going to need to address the issue of social unrest and hate in ways that we haven't in decades because there's going to be a scarcity of resources and when we come out of our homes there are going to be people who are really suffering and the social unrest that we were going to see is going to be worldwide and somehow we have to prepare for that and i don't believe we are yet well i am because many, many introverts, right, have the intellectual ability, empathic ability to look at the future and look at the consequences. And that's what makes us so valuable in the office, that we have these skills and we're all about consequences where folks are not there yet. Right? So I had a friend years ago say to me that I arrived at the station early so that others could arrive on time. And that's pretty much true. <laughs> <laughs> wow, no, that, that, that's a great analogy, but also, you know, the fact that now you got me thinking, you know, that, wow, that is certainly uh, a consequence to, you know, uh, to look out for, right? Especially, yes. you know, in the, in the near future. Because I was still kind of thinking more along the lines of, you know, we definitely need to craft more logistical things or procedural, you know, things in the case in the case of, you know, kind of a worldwide catastrophe, right? As we as we're seeing right now, essentially, and thinking about how we can better be better prepared for for that. But yeah, no, definitely the the inequality piece I think would will be exacerbated 
Uh, in the I believe it will be. And I think that, that the introverts looking at the future, we often look at sort of mass movements. And we have a lot of, of sense of humanity for the individual, that's for sure. But we're very much a large picture kind of group. And I think that uh, our perspective is needed more than ever, given what is going on. And even as I speak, I'm, I'm sort of inspired about this. One of the things that I, I wanted to do 15 years ago was, even though I'm an introvert, my first husband called me the most introverted person on the planet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, that doesn't mean I don't want to have a voice, that I don't want to influence, that I don't want to be out there telling, speaking truth to power. Uh, the question is, how does an introvert do that? Uh, and that's why I write in the books and the newspaper articles. Uh, that's why I've learned the skills and the ability to overcome massive stage fright to do an interview like this. <laughs> I've become much more comfortable with it with practice like any other art form, playing the violin, say. And, and then one of the things that I wanted when I, I got ill and had to stop working uh, my full-time job was to leave a legacy because I didn't know then how long I had on this planet. I didn't think it would be very long. I was so sick. You think the coronavirus would get you? Mm. So I picked up some strange third world parasites in, uh, in Uzbekistan and I'm very fortunate to be here. I didn't think I'd be here this long. So I had this idea of what, what can I lose? I might as well go for it. All that introversion and stuff, and I spent six months doing nothing but watch the grass grow. It gave me a little more energy. That's what being alone does for introverts. And then I wanted to make sure that I left something behind. Who knew that I'd be here another 20 years? <laughs> and with that, 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 the introversion, empath, whatever, plus that risk-taking factor, which I would recommend to introverts at this point, has created an amazing life. And I have no idea what's coming next. At least part of me doesn't. But part of me says, we've already built, keep on building. The best is yet to come. You may not know the specifics, who does, but you can pretty much tell that once you've started to have a voice that's heard, use it. For sure. De definitely. And going back to, you know, the piece on, you know, introverts finding their voice and delivering that voice, of course, you, you know, the, the methods are, are just different, right, from, say, an extrovert, right? But it, there's shouldn't be kind of any less impactful, I would say. You know, it's just, it's, it's just the medium is different. And, yeah. you know, I just really wanted to, you know, congratulate you, you know, on, on your journey uh, here, you know, so that, you know, we're, we're here uh, talking to this day, you know, thank you for, for, for fighting on and, and for, uh, for being here. Thank you. The, the art of perseverance should not be underestimated. <laughs> and there's no reason why introverts who I've seen be incredibly powerful in their own way 
can't take this time, like this pandemic, this self-isolation, to contemplate what they want to do with it. Because it's your time, not the extrovert's time, which is our usual norm. For for sure, definitely, and you know, now I would say, you know, I definitely agree with you on the risk taking factor. Now is the time to, you know, really uh, go for it. Like for example, uh, I I actually just launched this podcast uh, as of the the time of this recording uh, this week. You know, this is uh, late March actually, so you know, now it's out there in the world, and people are listening to it, and and I'm getting great feedback on it, and. You know what? I am also launching a YouTube channel, right? I've already launched one actually because I've uh, recorded a live version of this podcast with a with another uh, interview interviewee, and that's up on YouTube now. And you know, you know, there's kind of different things that I'm going for this year that you know, especially now is as as bad bad as the kind of macro world it is, uh, it does present that opportunity for introverts to be very creative uh, to make use of this time to. You know, to to create and to build and to show resiliency, right? Definitely. Yes. Now I will say that the stress of this time does not escape us. Uh, we feel it in all kinds of ways, and I think the scientists say that it short circuits that creativity. So we have to be careful of how much input we have. I know I'm watching too much uh, CNN and news. The (laughs) Dow go up and down. I'm fascinated. But it does short circuit that creativity. And we have to make choices. Right, definitely. Now, obviously, we're not advocating to be completely ignorant of what's going on. But there comes a point when I've already reached this point where uh, it just becomes exhausting to keep up with the news of, uh, you know, every day and, kind of, you know, for example, seeing my investments drop, <laughs> you know, <laughs> market, things like that. You know, I, I try not to look at that right now, but, uh, you know, things like that, right? Yeah. And, you know, especially at this time, definitely cherish your loved ones, but also, you know, really take advantage of this time to, you know, really, really, uh, you know, introspect, but also really explore your creative side. Like, you know, we've actually seen kind of, very few uh, amounts of very creative hobbies that people are taking up in this in their spare time now. Yes. Yeah, you know, have you ever seen marble racing? <laughs> that's that's a phenomenon because there are no live sports anymore to watch, right? right. So the new sport of choice is watching people race marbles down a track. It's the things people think of, right? To, yeah, I love it. Uh, take their boredom. <laughs> yes, indeed, absolutely. Oh my! Well, it does it, it give rise to all kinds of new, new ideas and ways to entertain, entertain ourselves, entertain the kids online. And I've had for years this way of relieving tension by pulling up YouTube videos of singing competitions around the world. Right. The voice in Singapore, right, or or the voice in one of my own South Africa, you know, and 
it's like I can travel around the world without leaving my office through the music and the singing and the people's expression. I don't have to interact, but I get to see beauty and tremendous effort put into performance. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes it's just beautiful, and it's cultures, every different cultures everywhere. I have always found music to be part of who I am and to alleviate stress. So I started studying the violin. When I came to America, I was maybe eight. I hated it here from a small island in Bermuda surrounded by water and seagulls and not much traffic back in those days. Coming to New York, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I had a very hard time adjusting. My parents, especially my mother, who had a degree in psychology, she understood and they arranged for me to have violin lessons through the public schools. In those days, you could rent the violin for an entire year for five bucks, five dollars. That's unheard of. In this yes. <laughs> and you got free lessons. Wow. It was perfect for me. Well, when they saw that that, that helped so, and we were in New York, occasionally they'd take me down to Manhattan to Broadway and to see some musicals, which in Bermuda you'd never seen. You saw a couple of nightclub acts sometimes. My grandfather liked to take us kids to the nightclubs. Okay. <laughs> but, see, but to see that and to hear it, the acting, the dancing, the music together, there's something elemental about that that I don't know if it's more with introverts or not, I've never really thought about it, but it's one of those things that you can rely on, not just to allay the stress, but to reformulate your brain when it's tired so that when you come out of it, somehow, without you realizing it, you've made the neural connections you needed to to be creative. And off you go. Mm -hmm. It's right. a it's a beautiful way to reboot. Yes, for sure, definitely. And I also love the arts and and especially you know music in particular, just because I do have quite a musical background actually. Uh, what was interesting? I remember? Yes, tell us. Yeah, so obviously I am classically trained on on the piano uh, for about nine ten years when I was younger. Uh, I, did, I picked up trumpet for about four or so years. I dabbled with the clarinet and I dabbled with the harmonica too. So, the, you know, and, you know, and I sang in the church choir. So there, there, there you go, right? So there, you know, a lot of musical activities, uh, you know, especially when I was younger. And so, you know, even for me, like, you know, with the, really with the explosion of streaming platforms in particular, right, with that, that type of technology, now, you know, now you can get all the music in the world that has ever existed. Uh, in the palm of your hand or, you know, in, in front of you. And to me, like, that is amazing. Uh, yeah. We're able to 
have the world come to us in, in terms of the in terms of music. And of course, music is a very universal language, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so I have come to really appreciate very diverse types of music from all around the world, right? And and that helps me definitely in times of stress. So yes, yes, it does. There's another art form that uh, I picked up even younger in Bermuda, and that is dancing. And every Tuesday night during the summer, the the manse, the the church nearby and the huge lawn would have uh, square dancing and folk dancing and and, uh, for kids. And my older brother was part of it. And we went and I was only like five six maybe and I wanted to join in but I was very young so my mother took me to the pastor whoever was in charge and said she'd like to to dance and she said well she's awfully young I don't know who's going to want to have her as a partner so uh, my brother paid his friend sixpence to dance with me (laughs) so he didn't have to (laughs) 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 I love brothers and off I went, and I never stopped. And something about the physicality of dancing to music, whether it's in a group like a square dance or solo, and I've done both all my life, has the ability to use the music and the movement to reboot your brain in such a way okay, that you become yourself instead of being owned by other people which is so key to an introvert, right? Right. No, definitely. I I agree with you there. And, you know, dancing is something that I am looking to get into more, actually. So the only time I really, I mean, I have, I have performed actually on on stage before. Oh, Uh, yeah, no, just, just a couple of times, just very, just very brief performances. But, uh, but the, you know, like you, like you mentioned, the art, the art of dancing itself, right? Combining uh, the music and the movement is uh, really gives, I guess, it's really fun to me. Actually. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how often it. It's just fun. It's, uh, yeah. And you very rarely meet uh, like a ballerina, right, who gives interviews and is out there speaking. Occasionally you will when they have kind of moved on to be choreographer and have to reboot their brain to be able to basically articulate the steps. But even there, like many sports people, they're not particularly articulate. I've had a, a theory in that many of them are introverts who are able to express themselves in music and dance, but words and interaction with people not so much. That's harder. And it's not where their skill set was focused. And they're very good at what they do. And the occasional one who can be out there is truly a treasure. Yes, it's very much, very much an asset. And, and I, you know, for that notion, I think both for, you know, both for, uh, you know, ballerinas and, and, and dancers and, and athletes too, is that a lot of them are, they communicate through their performance. Yes. Right. Their mo- that is their that is their main way of communicating. That's right. And just like writers. You yes. Know? yes. I've yes. had many times. Oh, you speak and you write. Oh my. We don't get that very often. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm not quite sure how that happened 
but I think it's partly determination, but partly also the experience of an introvert that does articulate and then gets pushed back for being weird. (laughs) (laughs) You can have different responses to that. Some people, and I've done it, just says, okay, never mind. And they withdraw and they're not going to talk again, at least to not these, not to these people. And I've done that too. But there's such an inner anger at being looked at like that. Now, some of it will say, well, I guess I'm just weird or strange. And there's a certain amount of self-pity and self-denigration that goes along with it. But if you actually look at the anger and realize, wait a minute, I'm right. They're all wrong. Now what are we going to do? (laughs) And it may take a while for that kind of perspective to build up in you. It certainly did with me. (laughs) I had a few kerfuffles, as they call it, on campus at Harvard back in the 60s, made myself somewhat well-known for being pointed, perhaps even obnoxious. (laughs) I decided later in life, when others had caught up with my ideas, to write about it. That was my revenge. And I don't practice revenge. I don't promulgate it. But there's something about the anger at being squished, right, that propels you to do something that for me was being writing and then sometimes increasingly speaking, speaking out. And then if I run into problems with the speaking, I remember my father's old saying he was a U.S. military intelligence officer in World War II, assigned to interrogate prisoners of war, Nazis. He was not a soft-spoken, gentle dude, right? And his one was saying he's a too goddamn bad about them. So you have to decide, are you going to let them squish you or not? And if not, what then? Mm-hmm. Right. No, definitely. It's, uh, it's all about really the mindset shift of, of how, mm-hmm. you know, if you kind of take in that, you know, what other people are saying, oh, introversion is weird. You know, you're abnormal in that sense, then you start to believe it. And that's what I, I did for a very long time. Right? Yeah, I can uh, understand. And so because you have all these kind of different voices coming at you, and, you know, saying that, oh, you know, this is an extroverted society. Basically, that's a sub- subliminal messaging, right? This is an extroverted society. Uh, introverts are not as welcome here. You know, you're welcome to say, but, you know, definitely your personality is not exactly meshed with the um, prevailing norms of the world. That's just yeah. Right? yeah. right? And, and when you really, you know, take hold of that identity and, and turn around and say, introversion is a strength and not a weakness. And that's, you, you know, and then you can, you know, channel your, your so, you know, so-called quote-unquote revenge onto being a better version of yourself and be- being better in your performance and your work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what has happened is I have drawn from my, my past, my background in Bermuda, at Harvard, at New York, uh, and my Jewish roots, my, in my Yiddish soul, 
And so when it, 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 and it bubbles up naturally now, I don't have to force it. So when I speak, I often kind of use the, the Yiddish uh, gestures, I'm telling you, and then what the, you can see it now. And people start to giggle instead of denounce. And I've decided that this has been an amazing journey into who I am. And do you know the television show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Uh, maybe, maybe a bit ahead of my time, but uh, okay. please let me. So you take a look at it. It's a, a Jewish young woman who becomes a, a stand-up comic. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's hysterical, funny to me. And just watching it, right, and seeing it take place in Brooklyn and New York, and all, wow. my, you know, the, the whole thing and the, the, the tone of the voice, the look, the humor, it just sort of gets absorbed unconsciously. So when I go out to speak, I think of her in my head, and all of a sudden I'm doing stand-up comedy. This introvert, you're kidding me. But, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it just something about it just kind of wrapped around my soul, and off I went. Wow, I mean, you know, really to that point, I actually I actually bought a book on how to be, how to become a stand-up comic. Yes. I, was, I was I was once you know I. Actually, I am very much into into stand-up comedy as an art form. I think it's hilarious, uh, you know. And and again, it's a performance aspect, right? And so yeah. you can really yeah. be, be prepared for it. And, and I suspect a lot of them could be introverts as well. So uh, you never know, right? And so again, you know, again, it's it, it's a performance. And anyways, I was reading this book, and I was like, huh, maybe maybe I can incorporate some of these into into uh, actually doing some performances in the future, right? So who knows? <laughs> oh. I want the video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I'm going to ever become a full, fully fledged stand up comic or comedian, but definitely incorporate some of those. I, I love actually incorporating humor into my speech, into my everyday speech. Yeah, so. yeah it helps. It, yeah. Help, it helps ease the tension and, you know, you know, laughing is the best, laughter is the best medicine. You know, when the Jewish community in America and possibly in, in Canada too, was much closer to its immigrant roots years, uh, decades ago, maybe generation ago. There was an unusual number of Jewish comedians, stand-up comics, people making movies like Mel Brooks. Uh, and, 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 and I have a theory, and I know I'm not alone in this, is that one of the reasons why this happened is because they knew they didn't fit in. How were they going to manage and so they, they use that kind of Yiddish humor, sarcasm, however you want to put it, and made this incredible living out of it, and made it a thing. You go up to the Concord Hotel in the Berkshires of New York, you could see them perform all the time. And it was, uh, my father insisted on taking us when we were kids so we would see he wanted us to be exposed to everything well the beauty of a, of a comic of a stand-up comic isn't just the joke right it, it's it's the way of thinking culture it's it's the mindset that goes inside you and changes how you see things what a perfect way to communicate for an for an introvert 
who doesn't want to make an academic speech, you should be doing this, that, the other. It takes one zinger, and there you go. Yeah, no, and then argue like that stand-up or, or stand-up routines are really, they can be really kind of well thought out in the sense that there are a lot of, lots of different connections that you can, that you can make and to really, you know, deliver the, the punchline with kind of maximum impact, right? And so I'd argue it's very much interdisciplinary in that sense. And I think yeah, the yeah. emphasis of information, yeah. Well, I'm inspired. I'm going to go have to have to go back and watch some more marvelous Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> Let it kind of <laughs> brew in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's no, I, yeah. I should go back and 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 uh, and actually actually uh, give that a watch and 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 go back to some other kind <laughs> of comedians. Yeah, you know, I I actually especially like the uh, the ones who do a lot of political satire, uh, just because it's. Uh, it's topical, but it's also, it's just, you know, pulls in so many elements of what a reality is and yeah. make it fun and make it funny, uh, but still emphasizing the importance of it. Yes. <laughs> very, very fine. It's very, very tricky, fine balance. But what, if you get it right, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yes. It's a genius thing to get it just right. Years ago when, um, was it John? Oh gosh, he was doing that comedy show. Which one? Pardon? Which one? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, gosh, I'll, it'll come to me at any rate. Uh, they they uh, they did a, a a poll of Americans of where you got your news from, okay? and more people got it from that comedy show than they did from newspapers. <laughs> yeah. it has power, and it's an art form, just like music and dance, or uh, painting. It requires that kind of discipline and thought create it's a, a beautiful thing yeah no and then you know we encourage all listeners here uh to really pick up one of the art forms that we just discussed music dance um stand up introverts have long learned how to mix with extroverts and at least pretend they fit in right the key is they learned. You can learn that skill. You can learn new skills. You already have done it all your life. Okay. Branch out. Yeah, and, and and really see see where that takes you, right? So yeah, yeah. Oh man, I, I'm now I'm just thinking, now I'm just flashbacks of all these different. Uh, <laughs> I do that to people. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's good, and it's good. I need to, I need to go back and, and watch some things because I remember, you know, especially I think the, you know really you know actually going to uh, connecting it with the diversity piece. And I think that you know definitely there are a lot more comedians nowadays that come from a wide diverse backgrounds as well. I think that's fantastic. You know, not only for representation but also it's just relatable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It is. It is. There are very much a lot of cultural nuances that you know people from outside that culture really don't get but if, if you're you within that culture it is absolutely hilarious yes that's true that's true <laughs> uh, i remember sitting and watching the movie when it first came out it's a long time ago blazing saddles okay uh, humorous one by mel brooks yiddish background and we were sitting a couple of us were sitting in a movie theater that was surrounded by probably non-Jews and 
the, those of us who were, we were laughing so loud, uh, we, we almost fell off our seats. And the, the, the people around us couldn't stand it, got up and left and sat someplace else, you know, because it was just too much for them. <laughs> they enjoyed it. But they, you're right. Being part of that culture does change it. And I'm going to just conclude by pulling up the, the cultural anthropologist in me for a moment. When, when you look at cultural anthropology and the, the universal themes in cultures, the economics, the education, the healthcare, every detail is different and the mix of them is always different in each one of us. But there are certain cultural expressions that encompass all of that culture in tiny little things like stories telling stories, right? Uh, that process pulls everything together. And that's why we've had stories for as long as humans have been on the planet. Music also does it. Dance also does it. These are cultural expressions, and so is humor, which means that people can enjoy it, but those within the culture get all the different details and nuances. One thing you have to be careful about with culture and humor right, is, in particular, humor can be very culture-specific. So people outside of it may not laugh as hard or they may not get it at all. So if you're going to be looking at trying to engage a really large audience, especially for introverts who are not used to it, right, be careful, please. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> try it out in small places before you try to um, blast the universe with it. Because the opportunities to offend are great. Yes, that, 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 is, that is true. There's so many ways to, for it to go really wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ask me how I know that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you're speaking from experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and really, on, you know, on that note, uh, really want to thank you for, for coming onto the show and for, you know, really, you know, sharing your, you know, your expertise and your, and really a lot of different thoughts on a lot of different things, uh, which I'm, you know, I'm glad it's, it's the whole point of the show and, uh, you know, to inform, to inspire and to, uh, yeah, in power. So thank you for coming on. A pleasure. I look forward to uh, seeing the recording. Perfect. And, you know, last but not least, I know, you know, for introverts, it's, you know, sometimes we don't want to unplug, but sometimes we want people to find us. So where can people find you if they want to contact you? Uh, online, of course, americandiversityreport.com. And take a look at all the books and resources on it as well as the hundreds of articles. And in particular, you might want to look at the Liberator series. Those are my memoirs. You can see my stories, and I hope people enjoy them. And let me hear from you, if you do. And if you don't, don't worry about coming again. <laughs> don't worry. I mean, I mean, I don't think you'll know anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Great, fantastic. Thank you so much again, and uh, we'll catch you. I look forward to, uh, to seeing it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thanks for listening to the Digital Introverts Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing and leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at D-I-G-I-I-N-T-R-O-S-H-O-W. And you can follow me on all social platforms at G-O-D-W-I-N-H-S-C-H-A-N. I appreciate everyone who listens to the show and let's change the world quietly.